to see that anything that appears can be seen. So if the mental process is producing an appearance of you being yourself, only because your consciousness truly, then you can see it. You would never see it if you were really yourself. <laughs> there would be no way in hell. Yeah? Everything, the reason why it has to have this secondary strategy, which is, alright, so when, I do, when there is a seeing of something, I'll claim it. Yeah? It's because the initial thing can never be erased, that consciousness is all there is. So the mental process has to have a number of ways of disguising that consciousness is all there is, and one of the best ways it's found is, is, is to claim the event of being conscious as I'm conscious. Yeah? But, so its whole strategy, in a sense, reinforces the reality of consciousness, because it's doing gymnastics with making a mental realm of time to, to, to avoid now. It can't take away now, so what it does, it fills it up with there and then. That's what it does. It sees the inevitability of its absence, but it's going to just go down fighting, you know, in a way. So it's like constantly, so okay, I found the best one it ever, the one that was really trippy when it dawns on you that self can't get out of self, and all the attempts to get out of self is self, which blew my mind. I really believed I was trying to get out of self. Seriously, out there. There was a belief that I, in really not self, I've recognized its hostility and da da da, and I'm going to get out of it. But it's a very big battle because obviously it's a formidable, a formidable foe and all this. And to slay it, I need wisdom and grace and purification and tons of things that the problem's telling me I need to go to battle with a phantom. <laughs> <laughs> and when I go to battle with a phantom, I'm the phantom fighting the phantom. How can any real result occur? Stabbing it. And why isn't this thing dying? <laughs> because I'm using an imaginary sword to, to, to thrust into an imaginary foe, and I'm the imaginary hero. <laughs> that thing won't die. I thought I got out of self, and now I'm back in it. What the hell is this fucking unbelievable? It's like a nine-headed hydra. No! It's your identification as it, which is causing it to seem so formidable. Because you immediately believe you're in something, and it's one in a way. There's no winning, but as soon as you believe you're in something, there's gonna, and it's not, and it's sort of hostile, you're gonna want to get out of it. That's how it has you. Its own nature is used to promote itself. It's very hostile. Your immediate reaction would be to get out of it, and when you try to get out of it as self, that's being in it. It's like in, the, it, like in the jungle. If a predator catches a prey, it's very obvious. The predator jumps on the prey and usually rips its throat out. Yeah, like a, a gazelle and a, and a lion. It's very obvious. All right, that's the predator, the lion. That's the prey. Boom! Has it. That's the act of predator-prey. But in this sense, the sense of self or ego has you by you trying to move away from it. It doesn't have you like this. It has you, you're trying to get out of it. That's how it has you. Because what's trying to get out of it is it. The mental process's greatest way to define it as being you is trying to get out of itself. Self can't get out of self. Why is that? Because it doesn't exist. So it seems to exist by its exertions to get out of itself. Yeah? 
So while we're while it's heaping nobility and praise on your great spiritual search, it's there's a total satisfaction. Its strategy is one. You're totally absorbed in you, getting out of you. <laughs> oh, it's painful in a sense too. You. It's not painful because you can see it. You have the eyes to see. Like Jesus said, he didn't say you've got to get new eyes and new ears. He says, you know, for the ones who have eyes to see and, and ears to hear, everyone has eyes and ears, but there's a difference. Some eyes and ears are, ears are seeing and hearing dualistically. Others recognize as oneness. That's appearing in a dualistic manner. That's all. That's the eyes to see and hear. And you have them. It's not like he says, hey, you've got to do this and this and this, and you've got to hope that... The store's open to buy some new eyes and ears, and the store has the rights like the soup Nazi in Seinfeld. No, no soup for you. No new eyes and no new ears. I don't like you. You can be, you know, drawn, thrown out of it. No. For those who have eyes and ears to see and hear. There it is. That's why they call it the open secret in a way. What secret is open if it's a secret? As soon as a secret becomes open, is it a secret anymore? No. What is a gateless gate? Is there a gatekeeper at a gateless gate? Is there any toll that you have to pay to get through the gate if it's gateless? It's a gateless gate. There's nothing to do. There's nowhere to go. It's right under your nose. But why can't, you know, when you go, what's looking is what you're looking for. What's your first reaction? Where? (laughs) You're looking outside, always. Because this is established as something already. How can you entertain it's what's looking? We call it Paul or Donna or something. So the best we can do is try to work on, all right, let's let Paul find a new way of looking. So that but you never realize there's already a pair of glasses on. The old way of looking from self centeredness is in place. You you've taken it to be your face and eyes. So you're applying all these other solutions to the problem. As if these solutions will work to to dis, to correct a problem that this seems to have when it actually is the act of the problem, the selfing. It's amazing, isn't it? It has an amazing strategy to always put you off the scent while you're hunting like crazy. So people say, "Call off the search," or whatever. Stop. But see, this thing will double back and now make that a search. All right, I'm going to search how to stop the search, yes? So sometimes we may be sitting here in the statement of everyone to stop the search, and they're searching like crazy going on. When am I going to get this? What the fuck? I got the Course in Miracles now. I got this. I got that. Let me see. I got him. I'm listening to him, but I got a, deep, I got a CD of someone else in the car. If I don't, put that in first. Oh, this sounds better. Oh, I'm going to go home, watch a DVD. On and on and on and on and on. It's no problem if there, if there isn't a you doing it. It may be doing, but the fact is usually in that case there seems to be a, a you involved in it because you would just be skipping through all that. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be that heavy. Seeking is not heavy unless there's a seeker. Seek away. I am going to change my name, though. (laughs) 
my appearance to stop wearing, I'm going to start dressing better. Yeah. And I'm not going to come in with everyone else. I'm going to come in from a separate point. Yeah, and I'm not definitely not leaving with you. And that's the last time we're having lunch together. <laughs> I want to get served lunch in a, a private room. Then I'll be really special. And maybe you'll hear the message then. If it seems ordinary and obvious, your mind has no interest in it. Really, it doesn't. That's why when, really, what's being offered here is nothing. That's what drives the mind crazy. It's trying to make something out of nothing. And it's going around and around. And then when it gets exhausted, a lot of times it leaves us and it goes back into doing something else. It really doesn't want to find. The story is, is that, man, I would stop if I found what I'm looking for. There would become a complete halt. I'd be satisfied. I could get on with everything else. I'm done. That's not the case in selfing. Selfing and seeking are synonymous. Yeah. Just like the self, as soon as it arises, you've been seeking since the tip. Yeah. Since you were a baby. Seeking, 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 seeking. I'm serious. I've met people who have been enlightened three times in this life. So they say, three times. I mean, Jesus, once I thought it would be enough. Once would have done the trip. But no, they do something else. Now they're enlightened again. Now they're on the third enlightenment. something, go for it. See what happens. Any questions now? Just some, it's symbolizes things conceptually. So, but you know, to me, in a sense, God would never be seen as playing God. Yeah. The mental process, all of its activities, to me, seem like playing God. It was, that was one of the earliest hits I had. Is I would wake up in the morning and my head would tell me how the day was going to be. So sometimes I just roll over and would decide not to get up because it's going to be such a fucked day. Why should I even get up? That's playing God. When I meet someone, I think I know them already. That's playing God. I've just said no to the invitation. When I have an idea of how I think should be, 
I, you know, let's say I want love. It sounds like a natural drive. But it isn't love that I want. I want it in a package that I agree to. So I'm looking for love in a very specific manner. And if that package isn't presented the way I think it should be, I'll say no to the love. That's playing God. And it plays God the most with God. Because if there's God is everywhere, there must be something playing God that there's a special somewhere that cannot feel the effects of everywhere. I mean, if God is everywhere, I would I would imagine that you would be included in that area. Then why aren't you bumping into it? I'd have to at least trip over it. There would have to be some notice of it if it's everywhere, especially if I'm conscious. But why doesn't it seem to be so? Because there's a special somewhere called me, and everywhere can be excluded from that realm. That's playing God. Mental experience does not include spirit in its realm. You can become spiritual and look like you're spiritual based on its conceptions, yeah? Those nice eyes looking you know, distantly at everyone. You know, <coughs> soft-spoken, whatever it comes up with. It will see or attempt to adapt to what it thinks spirituality would look like based on its system. That's playing God, isn't it? And it always, always makes everywhere somewhere you're not. So it plays God by raising special somewhereness over everywhere so that everywhere is excluded from it. You're now in a gated community. And maybe, just maybe, you can look for everywhere, but you'll be looking for everywhere as a special somewhere, so you'll never find it. You'll find what the head says is everywhere. It's usually just an experience that comes and goes, yeah? So you'll have an experience of everywhere, maybe what you call a peak experience, but even that experience of everywhere will be used to define the special somewhereness, yeah? So that's playing God to me. Playing God's a verb, and the mental process is doing it. It's playing God. And to me, the greatest meaning you can give anything is not God, it's you. In the mental realm, that's the greatest meaning to be given, is you. That's where all meanings reside. So now you give the meaning to God. See, in recovery, we have a step that says, uh, turn my will, my own, my life over to a care of a God of my own understanding. Yeah? I don't want a God of my own understanding. I want a God of its own understanding. Yeah? If I had a word God and I believed there was something I could turn over to it, I would like to turn over my will, my life over to its understanding, not my understanding of it. <laughs> Because if I turn it over to my understanding of it, that all-powerful thing will not be all-powerful. That thing that's everywhere would not, will not be everywhere. That thing that's all-knowing will not be all-knowing. All of its knowing will be based on me. Every, all of its everywhereness will be based on my special somewhereness. And every, all of its all-powerfulness will be based on my power. So self will play God with God in its realm. It does all day. 
the mental process is making up a concept of God, all the while what we call God, the verb of it is being ignored. Yeah? The godding is, let's say, happening right now in conscious contact, and we're ignoring it all day. With the, and yet we're sitting here thinking we, we're someone who wants to know God. Well, <laughs> like Ramana Maharshi says, knowing God is actually being God. That's how you know it. There's no knowing God as a topic or a subject or an object, as you as the subject. It's being it. What would be the closest thing that you could say is being God now? Conscious contact, I would say. Is the verb is, is the verb of being God? Something or well, no thing is conscious of things, feelings, thoughts. Something is aware, and its nature is aware, so it can't be anything other than aware. That's that. We can be aware and unaware, but that is a form of expression in this realm of mind. What so is aware? And that's that. Now, I believe the head cannot do anything about that. So it makes up a realm where it can take your attention and interest and stick it in so that you'll get absorbed in what you're not and it will block out the constant revelation of what you are. And it has ways of making sure that stays in place because even if you come in contact with that, you'll say, think it's you that's in contact with that everywhere. So it, def- it neuters it once again, yes. So even the greatest hopes of following a path to get to the point of knowing God is one of the greatest hideouts in the mental realm. Because it's always, def- it's always defined as you're going to know God as the bigger God. How could, if God was the biggest God, how could it, how could you stop from knowing it? If God was all-knowing, and it was the biggest God in this little realm, how could you and I stop it from knowing? We'd have to be a bigger God to say, the all-knowing God isn't all-knowing. I'm the all-knowing God, and I'm saying you're not knowing the all-knowing God. All right, give me a path. Let me start practicing how I can know God. All right? It may take lifetimes. Okay, I'll sign up. You're going to do a lot of purification. Okay, a lot of purification. You'll probably never really get to there. All right, I'll go for it. I mean, it's like the solutions I talked about the phone company gave me. They don't sound like solutions to me. Jesus, I'm going to lifetimes? Fuck that. What am I going to do? Purification? When do I know I'm done? The God tells me. Oh, yes, you're purified enough, Paul. I used to use this old story. Let's say, here's heaven's door. I knock on it. hope no one else is there. I knock on it, and God answers the door. And God looks at me, and I go, God, can I come in? God looks right at me and goes, Paul, can't come in. So I get a little bummed out. I walk away dejected, and I figure, all right, I'm going to start practicing. I'm going to meditate. All the things I think I can do to bring me closer to God. So I get pretty good, let's say, you know. Got the whites, the full lotus posture, patchouli oil, everything. After about ten years, I figure, hey, I deserve to be in heaven. So I go back. God answers the door. I say, hey, can I come in? God looks at me and goes, Paul can't come in. I get really pissed off. So now I go, fuck it. 
I throw away all my whites and I start getting leather jackets and tattoos, start partying, I'm going to just hang out. Life kicks my ass and I wash up on the shores near heaven's door. And in that moment I get up, something happens. I knock on the door again. Nothing happened, actually. Nothing was what something happened. I knock on the door and God answers the door puts the door, and I look at him, I say, can I come in? And he goes, Paul can't come in, and I walk right by. Yeah. What changed? See, I was taking his statement personally. He was just stating a fact, a Paul, a Steve, a Mary, any sense of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity can't come into heaven. But I, being identified as that long-lasting, independent, separate entity, when it said Paul, I thought it was me. And I basically exiled myself from heaven because of the identification with what I was. He wasn't saying I can't come in. He was just stating a fact. Paul can't come into heaven. Could have been Mary or Steve or Bill. Any person identified or any identification that causing you as a person cannot enter heaven. Yeah, simple as that. Same event, same thing. But a huge difference. The event, he states a fact, I take it as an exile, personally. Yes? It's all about me once again. All it was was a simple state. You can't come in. That's that. Then you're in. So this is even quicker. You're already in. I won't say it's heaven, but what you're trying to get into and access from, who's playing the gatekeeper is your head. It's not a gate. It is not... By that is it a gateless gate. There's many gates in the head, all based on its take on how you're doing and not doing. Even with the greatest philosophies offered now, that all there is is this, it's still being that to you many a time during the day. <laughs> so. Yeah, good. Yeah. I'm really into the God playing thing now, because in, in recovery... One of the biggest things is to quit playing God because it doesn't work. And I realize there's no need to quit playing God. Just realize what's playing God isn't you. It's much faster. Because the mental process is going to play God. That's what it's doing. It's going to keep putting yourself on the throne and saying, you are the all-lasting, independent, separate, exalted one. And it's exalted in huge suffering. It doesn't mean it's exalted in the way we think exalted would be. Anything, any situation that reflects its grandeur as an independent entity, being in prison or in a beautiful mansion, it doesn't matter. It just gets that reflection. Yes, yes, yes. All the while, the stage, the lighting, the event, everything, the place where the event is, is all brought to you by consciousness. And yet, no. It's like we miss the forest from the trees. We're all in tree identity, and yet we're actually forest consciousness. Yeah. We're not sensing it. We just keep seeing everything as I, me, my, and we miss the forestness of it all. No, it's not that.
That's right. In other words, it must have nothing to do with you. It must have nothing to do with you. See? Because if it has something to do with you, you said, I should have left a long time ago. I've heard this all before. But it has nothing to do with you, what's happening. See, that's what confuses us. We keep inserting, it must have something to do with me. And so, if it had something to do with me, I wouldn't be here, obviously. But you're here, because it has nothing to do with you. <laughs> That's the good news. So all about you had nothing to do with you. That's the good news, and that's fine, and staying's fine. Yeah? That's the whole point. You thought, see, I used to believe I did things for reasons. And then I thought they would stop, I would stop doing them when the reason had been fulfilled. Then I would, the reason would be fulfilled, and I'd still be doing it. A constant evidence that there's no Paul running the show, but it wants to keep reasserting that it's running the show. Yeah, isn't it amazing to it? It's dumbfounded when it goes, I don't, there's no need for me to be here. I don't really have any interest in, and yet I'm still here. Isn't it dumbfounding for the system of selfing? It's mind-boggling. It cannot get that, because there's still this underlying sense of relevance that I should have left. I shouldn't be turning this next page of the next spiritual book. I shouldn't, but you never were the one that was turning the next page of the spiritual book. There was just turning the page of the spiritual book. <laughs> Seriously. The whole story is about you. Even when it's not about you, it's seen from the point of view of, you of it. It's about you. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Why the hell am I here? There's no way in hell I... Just like last year I came here, I said, if I had free will, why would I ever come to Toronto? It's the last place I come in January. But there I was. It had nothing to do with the narrative that's based on it. It has all to do with me. It has nothing to do with that. There is a self-calming about hanging out in this kind of an atmosphere. Because we're still mortal. About it. You were sitting and, on the beach. Yeah. And they, I'm trying to, you know, keep a distance from my thoughts and, and stay in that space. And I realized the only thing I could do is just let the impressions of this moment come up. Watch the light on the water. And, and it became very beautiful and very free for those moments. But I think on the overall, Valerie has been on this spiritual thing for years. And then I take a break. Harvest these years and don't go near anything, and then I seem to come back. But I, there is this feeling now of um, of less pressure to be on it. Yeah, good. Whatever that means. See the thing. See the thing. It seems like Valerie gave you some space as being Valerie. Yeah. After a while, every appearance of Valerie is actually the demonstration of the space from Valerie. Because you see it is not you. Yeah? So in other words, even that little feeling of, oh, it gave me a little break and I felt that, that, that little clause takes, is taken out of the contract. And the contract's null and voided. Yeah? And then anything and everything can shift. And all you're there is you're alert and you'll see what's, how it's happening by it happening. I can't give you an idea of how it's going to look. I don't know how it's going to look or how it's looking for you now. I have no idea. Yeah? 
but I know something, you'll probably lose a lot of interest in it, and you'll probably travel, you'll feel lighter. Yeah. And, and, and that lighter, lightness for me, becomes the constant. Like in AA, you're driven by irritable, restless, and discontent, and sometimes you have an experience of peace here and there. Yeah? This is what happens, it flips over. There's a feeling of real contentment and just whatever, everything's okay, and every once in a while your mind gets agitated and flips out. Just flips over totally. So the extent of your traveling has shifted from mostly heavy, with experience of light, to very, very light, and it comes sometimes experience of heavy. Of course, the mind is not going to give much acknowledgement to that, but the fact is, it's a beautiful way to go. Like in the Course, it says a beautiful statement. I really love this one a lot. It says, I'm paraphrasing it, but. First of all, yes, everyone, all's awake. There's no one there, so everything's awake. Yeah? We're already set with that. But, you seem to be in this dream. And what's going to happen is, when you're in this dream, you're going to dream yourself out of the dream. Yeah? And as you're dreaming yourself out of the dream, the dream's going to get uh, lighter or happier. Isn't that beautiful? So inevitably, right now, in a sense... The mind is dreaming itself out of the dream. This is one segment of that. Yeah? And as it's dreaming itself out of the dream, in this place, dream of time and space, the dream's going to get happier. Yeah? What? What's the rush to get out of here so fast? Dreaming is nice. Times, yeah? yeah? Dream gets happier. No sweat. Don't worry about it. There's nothing this coming here and not coming here isn't going to change everything or anything. So come here if you'd like it. That's what I do. I like this space too. I love the flavor and the taste when something is spoken that's attempting to indicate this. It, it allows, it magnifies a presence in a way for all that are there to sort of sense. What a nice thing to do in a dream that you're dreaming yourself out of. Before this war going on, there was less happiness in my dream. I don't have any problem with these things. I'm not, shouldn't go, I should go. It just happens. Yeah? And, and it's a really nice, you know, space and a state to have an experience in. I mean, Jesus Christ. Before, I'd be at 6 o'clock in the morning in front of a 7-Eleven going through my change to get enough to buy a pint of vodka. I mean, in a dream, this is a whole lot, a lot nicer than that event. Yeah? And in that past dream, I was always imposed upon by bureaucracy and people in uniform. That's the first thing I always share. As soon as I drank, I had magnetic appeal in pe- to people in uniform. I got a giant, constant experience in my life was blue. The office, you know, in America, unif- cops are blue. And then went to black, which was judges' robes, and then a lot of white hospital people. That was the theme of my movie out there. It was a prison melodrama, a hospital melodrama. (laughs) The dream is a lot happier now. I get to travel to Toronto, meet lovely people, share something that I feel is an incredibly nice possibility to entertain, even if you're entertaining as a you, because that's the only way you can entertain in the thing in. It's totally okay. It's just part of a dream, and it's getting happier, isn't it? For me. Or as me. 
things that were had to be excluded, I can't do this because of this, everything gets included now, you get to see that you can really go for what you like and not get punished for it all the time, things start getting happier, yeah, a little freedom, you're totally, your, your attention and interest has been freed from the yoke of selfing, you can, it can go other places, you can be really interested in another person, really holding the space for them, yes, in a sense of certainty, that all is well. Why not? All of you are probably having dramatic effects going on, but you think that it has to be one effect that you haven't gotten yet. Can't the, can't the awakening appear as a dream to you? And it's, it's intimation or its fruits is the dreams getting happier? Isn't that enough for this ravenous thing, having, I've got to be awake now, I've got to get this... Who says? Maybe it's fun if it's drawn out like a love event, yeah? Not a wham, bam, thank you, man. Maybe it's nice. A lot of foreplay, and then you have the union and everything like that. Then there's the afterglow. Why, who would want to rush out of that? Oh, I just want to get that thing right now. No, it's sort of nice when it gets played out. What's the fucking problem? Or to who is that a problem? This has been incredible. I mean, sometimes, yeah, it's just a ball of yarn, but sometimes it's fun when one it's pulled out slowly, the string, yeah? You know it's not real anymore. It's, there's no knot, but there seems to be a knot, and then it becomes an unknot as it gets pulled out. Well, who wants to turn off that channel? There's not, nothing wrong with that, eh? Are our lives that disgruntled and unhappy? Who's forecasting that? I don't know if I want to rush out of here anymore. I like tasting food and all this stuff. There's no one tasting food, but there's tasting. There's seeing, there's entertaining, there's feeling. There's watching others entertain a, a possibly a different way. Others that seem to be so drastically past the point of being helped, get helped. They know that they've slept in a, a cardboard box for 15 years. They get their first apartment. You know, in subjectivity, there can be miracles. It's beautiful. A little change in someone's life can be monumental to them. If you've only been living in a cardboard box and you get a place to stay for a week that has a sink in it that you don't have to, and a bathroom. That's like, as an experiential little subjective thing, that's unbelievable. Yeah. Why would you want to stamp out that? I mean, I watch it in recovery every day. Beautiful faces occur when they're totally contracted and totally beat up, and then they entertain the possibility. Uh, things are okay. Yeah. Now they start asking for things they've always wanted. Yes, they start giving, permission is given to go after what they love, you know. I had a guy I worked with. The amount of possibility he could entertain when he came in. First of all, he had a black eye, and I asked, and he wanted me to help, you know, work with him. So I said, okay, first tell me how he got the black eye. He says, well, I robbed my roommate. I live in the same apartment. So I had to make it look like someone brought in. So I hit myself with an iron in the face. So it looks like someone broke in and punched me. I said, this type of guy I can understand. So I started talking with him. And he had a daughter and a wife, and they, they were over, yeah? And he had uh, restraining orders on him. Can't go any near, near, anywhere near his daughter. When he's estranged from the wife, never to see her again, supposedly. And 
the ability, what he could entertain at that point was maybe one day I'll be able to just see my daughter. You know, that was the most he could entertain. So he got into what we were doing and just doing what we're doing, what we do, day in and day out a little bit. And he was pretty into it. And so first time, after a couple months, he got to see his daughter with a, 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 a truant from the state and uh, the father-in-law. Yeah, just for an hour, one month. Just saw her finally for the first time. Then a couple more months went by. It became weekly. Yeah. Then the, the guy from the truant office or whatever wasn't there anymore. Then the wife came. Then he got the daughter for a weekend. And after a couple of years, he ended up getting the custody of the daughter, meeting another woman and having another baby girl. Now, with this thing playing God, the best he could entertain, and I mean he had the desire to entertain huge things, the love of his daughter, the best he could entertain with that thing defining his ability to entertain was maybe I'll just be able to see her once in my life again. And when that was, when some magic and grace came into that little small system, he ex- what actually appeared was way, way, way beyond his imagination. Met another woman and has two daughters now, and is happily married. Give me a fucking break. I mean, how can that not, you know, to me, see, You know, there's always like Jesus or someone has to demonstrate their power. What is that? Here, in a place of demonstration and expression, it's demonstrating constantly anything can happen here. Once you get out from the, under the yoke of selfing, you don't know what could be in store for you. And I'll tell you, in my experience, you are more of a you when you're not identified as one. You're more of what I believe people feel like when they're really individual. You're more that when you're not an individual. Seriously. All the, all the drive to be special, I was just like a cookie cutter person. You know, same guy with the same leather jacket, same track, same this, thinking I was uniquely special. As soon as that desire to be special was given up, you in a sense become super special in a way. Yeah? You don't look it, or you don't this, but you sense something. And it's so much better to, to, to be in the appearance of something, which is what the mental process is. It takes you and makes it an appearance of being someone, to be the real enchilada, which is conscious. It looks totally different. It not looks in the way, the form, but the way it's traveling. So that playing God is that. Playing God. Playing God. There's such a desire it's, it's making to get out, and yet the, the out is so small and is guarded by it. That desire to get out will be, your, will be the emphasis of being in when it's taken out of that realm of mind. Yeah? That desire that you feel like you want to get out of something... That will be the emphasis of really being here when it's taken out of the mental realm. Yeah? And surrendered, if you want to call it that. It's just, doom. It just totally transforms how things are seen and traveled here.
Those, those events can only happen here. All there is is consciousness. But where it seems not to be appearing, it can really appear. You can have the effects of consciousness here because it seems to be unconscious. Yeah. What a beautiful to wake up to your own nature is just to be at the effect of it as the dream gets happier. grace, it's that, it's that, in one lovely moment you realize it's always been you, as you. Yeah. What's to say that it already knows it's completely you, it's completely that, and yet it's playing this, so that it can experience that's effects. Who knows? How could it have its effects if it was it? It knows itself so well, it's, lo- it's having a loving experiencing being affected by it. So it takes a form of not being it, so it can feel the effects of it. You know? So love becomes something to be loved. Yeah? But it's love, love. Yeah. Who knows? But I have no problem with this place that I had tons of problems with. I'm not in any rush to get anywhere. I have no need to be liberated. Nothing. It's not me. This is not there. Yeah? All those premises and all those assumptions. Yeah. All the decks, all the cards got reshuffled. And of course, life plays cards. Yeah? But now the way the cards are read is differently. They're the same cards, but they're read totally differently. They're now like a child's game where it was like high stakes poker before. If I don't get what I want, it's going to mean, oh, terrible things. Now it's like a kid's card game. Oh, <laughs> fold them, show them, whatever. Oh, yeah, here's my card. No, you never show your cards in a game. Here's my cards, yeah. Yes, I'm vulnerable. It's my greatest defense. I'm totally, totally smitten with you. You could destroy me. There you go. Yes, I know I'm really cool. I'm very detached. I don't know. I'm totally, totally, totally smitten with you. There's nothing I could stop you do, from doing, quote-unquote, to me. Hallelujah. It's freedom. Yeah, you're not that. Why try? Why are you trying so hard not to be what you're not? Let it be as real as it wants to be. Literally, let it be as real as it wants to be. There's lovely qualities of Donna and everyone and everybody. Why are you rushing? Let's go. This could be blasphemy. I don't know. Just sharing. Something's taking me over. But you can't, the sweetness is here. It's like a long, drawn-out sweetness. That's a quality of time that's nice. It's like a taste that lasts. In the mental process, it's hell. Usually when things are drawn out, if you notice. If you notice that when the head is telling you how things are and how they were and how they're going to be, if it comes to a point where there's joy and happiness, how quickly does it say you don't deserve it? How quickly does it pronounce you're a fraud? How quickly does it cause the anxiety that they're going to find out exactly how you really are and therefore you'll be off the guest list? The same head, when it's feeling bad, says it's going to last forever. You want to live in that realm. Yeah. If you could possibly entertain 
something other than that now. Why? Something that's going to take and minimize the good and maximize the bad. <laughs> How are you going to win under that tyranny? Yeah. Have to live in hope that someday it may get better. Yeah. Hope is a really bad... Uh, really, what does it offer you? Self-centeredness. Hope that someday it may get better. Hope someday someone will see you as special. Or at least you'll end up being right. But you'll be alone. Really, it doesn't give you that many high-pointed <laughs> results, does it? You're only yoked to it because you're believing its center, which is self. You can't escape from the effects of the system by living as if you're the center of it. had it, yes. I fulfilled my seat's assignment. Thank you.